0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Charles Spurgeon, called a Prince of All Baptist preacher who lived in the 19th century, once said this, I want to love Jesus so much that when I look up to heaven and say, Dear Jesus, I love you, he will look down and reply, Yes, Charles, I know it. I know it. It is said that he often prayed this type of prayer in his life. He wanted his love for God to be full of sincerity, but also full of integrity. He wanted to love Jesus Christ, but also he wanted to make sure that he proved his love through integrity. Our God does take great importance in integrity. It can be said that sincerity is what is truly in our hearts, and, and the integrity is the outpouring of sincerity in action. Sincerity is Joseph, in the book of Genesis, saying to Potiphar's wife, How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And he was sincere in what he said, but he proved that with integrity as he left his garment and fleeing from the temptation... Someone might say that they are sincere, but sincerity must be supported by the act of integrity. The Christian life, as you know it, is founded upon our Savior, Jesus Christ. The rock that cannot move, the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God that took away our sins, and the cornerstone that holds everything together as a church, and our Savior is sincere and full of integrity, and he will always will be, and he is immutable, meaning he is never changing. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. It is said of Christ by the witness of Peter in First Peter chapter 2, verse 22, who did no sin. What an amazing statement. We cannot say that about ourselves, can we? And but Jesus Christ had no sin. Peter witnessed him for three and a half years, and Jesus and Peter also witnessed him going up and ascended to the Father. And he uh, uh, concluded this man had no sin because he was God in the flesh. He was sincere in his testimony, and, and in integrity he proved it, and neither was guile found in his mouth. And when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, and, but committed himself to him that judged righteously. You see, the testimony of our Savior Jesus Christ was sincere, but also he proved it in integrity. And uh, he committed himself uh, to the one who judged righteously. He didn't bring wrath upon people. He gave mercy and grace. And also, uh, uh, in every way, he had the right speech at the right time. And Peter shares the testimony of Jesus Christ in this manner. Why? Because there's an application to be made. Now we could worship our Savior this way. He is sincere. He's full of integrity, and, and we hold him up high. And and of course that uh, there's uh, no way for us to not to uh, worship him. We fall before his uh, before his uh, uh, feet, and that uh, uh, we glorify him for who he is and what he does. There's no doubt about that. But as we think about think about the testimony of our Savior Jesus Christ, there is always an application to be made and a challenge for our lives. So Peter writes in verse 21, let's read it together if we can. It says here, let's read it together, ready? For even here unto you were he called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So before he explained that Christ had no sin, before he explained that he had no guile in his mouth, before he explained that, He committed it to the one who judged it righteously. He says, let me tell you, we need to follow his footstep. We need to follow his example. That's the application. And as much as Christ is sincere, I believe Christ is calling us to be sincere as well. As much as Christ was full of integrity, we need to make sure we follow in that same footstep as well. And we need to follow his example. Did you know that Jesus Christ didn't call the disciples by the boats by the Galilee Sea? He didn't say be perfect. He didn't say that. What does he say? He say he said follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Christ knew that these men cannot be perfect. Why? Because they're sinners by nature. But they could do this. They could follow me, and I will make. Them to be fishers of men. You see, the molding process and the making process, the transformation process can only be done by our Savior Jesus Christ. So, what we need to do is not to improve ourselves, but to follow Him and to be led by Him. That's why we always need to be under the authority of our Savior Jesus Christ. And we need to be under, under the authority of the commandments of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why Christ uh, 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 challenged and encouraged the disciples before he ascended in the Great Commission, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I taught you. And uh, so whatever Christ taught, we need to observe and be under the authority of so that we may be more like him. And that is a, a, a model of our church, more like Jesus. So Christ was full of sincerity and integrity. So we need to follow him in that same direction. We could never be perfect, but we could be more like him in this lifetime. Oh, would you follow him in this journey of life, not only in sincerity, but also in integrity? Because sincerity will be tested, my friend. And we will have times in our lives where we need to display integrity in harsh circumstances. Oh, there was an Indiana judge named William. Bontrager and Judge Bontrager had to pass sentence on Fred Palmer, a decorated Vietnam veteran who was found guilty of burglary. The crime was caused partly by involvement with drugs and alcohol. Indiana law required required a sentence of 10 to 20 years for Palmer's offense. However, the new regulations designating a lesser penalty had gone to effect 18 days after Palmer's arrest. To complicate matters, Palmer had become a Christian in jail and seemed to have changed. Should the judge sentence Palmer, a man who had never been in jail, to ten years or more—a decorated veteran of the Vietnam War—or should he declare the newer statute in violation of Indiana's constitution and give him maybe a lighter sentence? And Bontrager did the latter, and Fred Palmer was out of jail in seven months and had a job, and he was displaying the right integrity and in paying back his former victim. Now the the events that followed received a national attention. The Indiana Supreme Court reversed the judge's decision, though, and ordered Fred Palmer sent back to prison. The judge's attempt to fight the court's decision during the next two years led to his own indictment for criminal contempt of court, and finally, he was forced resignation. Fred Palmer was sent back to prison, only to be released twenty months later by a gracious governor. Now, Bontrager's conviction was full of mercy and grace that cost him this job. But his integrity toward a man who needed another chance was not lost. And it was a hard circumstance. It was either his career or this man who needed another chance. And this judge chose the latter. And he was willing to give up his career and his, and his seat. So that in his conscience that he knew that he proved his sincerity by integrity. It does take hard circumstances and fight to prove and keep our integrity, my friend. And you might be sincere, you might say that you're sincere, you might be saying, I'm sincere in my marriage and I'm sincere concerning and supporting my family, I'm sincere in going to church and... I'm sincere in being faithful to my Savior Jesus Christ. I'm sincere in reading the Word of God. I'm sincere uh, when uh, 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 when I go soul winning and when I'm witnessing. I'm sincere in all those things. But I wonder what will happen when harsh circumstances come in your way. Would you prove your sincerity with integrity? Thomas Paine once said, "Character or integrity is much better kept than recovered." Now, it can be recovered. There's you know, no doubt about that. And I think people need second chances. And, and, and hopefully we have a gracious church that when people do have faults and mistakes, that we give them another chance, God's people say. Amen. And we need to make sure that we are gracious in that manner because Christ is full of grace and truth. And, uh, but I think the first goal is to keep the testimony, keep the integrity, keep the character by our Savior's help. Now, sometimes we could be rebellious and we could be indifferent, and say, I don't need all that, and I don't need. This type of testimony, and I just want to do whatever I want to do, and and uh, you just ignore God's authority in your life, you ignore God's testimony and shining in your life, and you could be that way, and hopefully you turn around and and that you recover with the right integrity. But I believe, I I hope every single Christian in this room has a great passion not to tain and not to uh, in any way uh, 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 shun the testimony of our Savior Jesus Christ. And I hope you're passionate about Christ shining in our lives. And uh, do you display integrity in your home? Do you display integrity in your workplace and maybe in your church and even in your personal life? And we have Daniel in the Old Testament where he had his share of his sincerity and also integrity being tested. You see, Daniel was carried away to Babylon. And as a young man uh, with the other royal seats and other royal uh, 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 people in position and and uh, he went to Babylon, a place, a foreign place, and, and people who spoke different language, and they had different diets, different culture, and uh, he was there, and, and, and God was chastising Israel for their idolatry. And for their sins, and God gave them grace over uh, several hundred years so they could turn back. But finally, at the end, they were all taken into captivity. And as we think about Daniel, he was in a very foreign place, in a harsh circumstance. But he was sincere, and he proved that sincerity with the right integrity. And uh, as we think about Daniel chapter 6, he's not a young man anymore. In Daniel chapter 1, he's a very young man. But in Daniel chapter 6, he's not under the reign of Babylon anymore. He's under the reign of Persia. So several years have gone, and some theologians say that he could have been in the age of 90s here. And even at the age of 90 or so, he had to endure to keep the right integrity in his life. Because God mattered in his life. Testimony of his God mattered in his life. I hope it matters to you, and I hope it matters to me. And uh, so, what can we learn from Daniel's testing this morning and in, a, in the latter part of his life and his journey of integrity in the Lord? And I'd like to share with you three spiritual traits of Daniel's integrity this morning. Number one, if you're taking notes, integrity in having an excellent spirit. Integrity in having an excellent spirit. And verse 3, the Bible says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, when we hear this description, we could quickly conclude that Daniel was just joyous or full of cheerful spirit. And it may be so, but Daniel could have... Uh, Also, in every way, had the display of calmness and maybe gentleness as well. And uh, uh, as we think about the two traits in opposite uh, extreme, uh, we think about uh, this wonderful testimony uh, being displayed that way. But the Bible describes a person who has an excellent spirit, so we don't have to wonder about that. It's found in Proverbs chapter 17. If you look at the slide with me, verse 27, it says here, He that had knowledge, What does he do? Spareth his words. He that had knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of a what kind of spirit? Excellent spirit. So a person who has an excellent spirit spares his words. In verse 28, even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. He that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. And so as we think about the scripture, that person who has an excellent spirit. Uses few words. That is the outcome of a person who has excellent spirit. So if you want to kind of summarize this, and into our maybe understanding, that person is full of temperance, self-control. He's not always reacting to things. She's not always responding in a critical manner, in a fleshly manner. No. That person in every way is controlled by the Savior and the Spirit of our Savior and and, and that person's not doing whatever he wants or whatever she wants. So that's what excellent spirit is. And it's a spiritual temperance. And, uh, husband, if you have a very loose mouth and and you say whatever uh, you want to your wife or to your children, and uh, you don't have an excellent spirit. And, uh, you know, ladies, if you have a gossiping issue, you don't have an excellent spirit. And, uh, you know... Uh, 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 young people, if you're kind of bucking authority, and uh, uh, you know you're writing some terrible things about authority and Facebook, whatever you do, and, and you can't control yourself concerning social media and and how you want to display yourself and and how you want to take always selfies all the time, and and uh, you know you just kind of you know always investing yourself, and guarantee you, you don't have an extra spirit. You're everywhere, and uh, and and but a person who has good temperance and. And a spiritual control by the Savior, that person uh, uses, uh, uses uh, his or her testimony in the right direction and, and responds in the right way and makes the right decision with carefulness. And that's what Daniel had, I believe. Daniel did not speak. Uh, whatever the flesh wanted to speak. He did not have anger or wrath when uh, when he was uh, uh, offended, and and he was seeking mischief when uh, uh, he was uh, uh, somewhat accused of something. He had the right temperance and the right integrity to hold that type of testimony. And, uh, and, and because of an excellent spirit, the king thought to set Daniel over the whole realm, above all the princes and presidents. His, integrity, ex, his uh, integrity, the excellent spirit brought a powerful and stable and proven testimony. And I believe that's what true integrity does. It doesn't just bring reputation or, you know, a facade or maybe some kind of temporary fame. Those come and go because uh, 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 it's all on the surface. But as we think about temperance, as we think about an extra spirit that's stable and that's concrete, that's solid, I believe that's the real you coming out. But reputation and fame, that's not real you. And uh, Chris Avert, the former number one world professional uh, tennis player, expressed this frustration to a reporter after her successful career. She said, I quote, I had no idea who I was or I could be away from tennis. I was depressed and afraid because so much of my life had been defined by being a tennis champion. I was completely lost. Winning made me feel like I was nobody. It made me feel pretty. It was like being hooked on a drug. I needed the wins, the applause in order to have an identity. You know, when someone is just looking for the surface reputation and the fame, that person is not in any way happy or joyful, doesn't have peace or love, and is living a very fake life. And that person doesn't have that, that concrete testimony in the Lord Jesus Christ that is truly real. And a person who has an excellent spirit and the right temperance is building that within Is not just showing off on the outside. And a person who is uh, uh, being molded and being withheld by the Spirit and and, and in every way uh, 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 being controlled by his wise decision, that person is becoming more like Jesus Christ within. And that is truly permanent. That is truly the testimony of our Savior. And that's what we need as Christians today. And someone has also once said, reputation is merely what people think we are. Character is what God and the holy angels know we are. And who are you deep inside, my friend? Because that's who you really are instead of the surface. An excellent spirit, the integrity of temperance is found within. And this makes a person to know and to love and and this makes uh, the person to know and to reason and when to act and also to respond. And, and when a person is having God work within and the inner man with extra spirit of temperance, that man or woman is certainly stable and strong. And this spiritual testimony stands the test of time and, three, and, and also during hard circumstances. Why? Because it's the real you in the Lord. And don't you want the real thing? I hope you do. And then seek for excellent spirit. Seek for temperance in your life and seek for that right integrity. A person who is without temperance, I guarantee you, a person without excellent spirit, I guarantee you, is insecure and they will just fall apart. I'm sure you have heard of Brian Williams recently. And uh, he, in blood, in blood, in blood, blah, can't say it. And uh, he, uh, fabricated some stories so that he may have a reputation. And, uh, but he was far from reality. And, uh, and, and that's what happened. His career broke apart. Our homes, our careers, our Christian testimony, our goals, all these things will just fall apart without the integrity of excellent spirit and the temperance that will sustain it by God's help. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us seek that. Let's not seek for the surface things that will just flee away, that are just temporary. Seek for temperance, self-control, Savior's control that is more concrete and solidified by our God. So secondly, integrity and being blameless. Let's go over that. And verse 4, then presidents and princes sought to fight against uh, Daniel concerning the kingdom. And, and they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. I mean, uh, here comes the spies to work, right? And uh, they stooped around in his house, and, and uh, you know, uh, they hid around the uh, bushes, they sneaked into his office and checked all the books and all the accounts and numbers, and they even probably made up some false uh, 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 dilemma at work to see how he re- reacts and responds, And I mean, they do everything they can to, you know, poke at Daniel and to, you know, uh, 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 survey Daniel and, and try to uh, spy out Daniel. Are they successful? No, they're not successful. And, uh, you know, was he a perfect man? No, but he was a blameless man. He had integrity to do everything rightly, this, uh, uh, right decently and in order. Several years ago in Long Beach, California, a fellow went to a fried chicken place and and bought a couple of chicken dinners for himself and his date late one afternoon. And, and that's a great idea. Fried chicken's always good. Amen. And uh, I had one this past mon- Monday. Popeyes are pretty good too. And uh, it's almost equivalent to churches, but churches are more religious. Amen. So you want to go churches. But uh, the young woman at the counter in Valley uh, gave him the proceed from the day, a whole bag of money. Much of it cash instead of fried chicken. After driving to their picnic site, the two of them sat down to open the meal and enjoy some chicken together, and they discovered a whole lot more than chicken, over $800 or so. But he he was unusual. He quickly put the money back in the bag. They got back into the car and drove all the way back. Mr. Clean got out and walked in and became an instant hero in that store, and by then the manager was frantic, and the guy with the bag of money looked at the manager in the eye and said, I want you to know I came by to get a couple of chicken dinners and wound up with all this money here, and and I want you to uh, uh, take it back, and the manager was thrilled to death, and he said, oh great, let me call the news. I'm going to have your picture uh, uh, taken uh, uh, with your... with this uh, 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 significant person here and put it in the local newspaper and you're the most honest couple I ever heard of. But the man quickly whispered, the manager's here, oh, no, 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 don't do that. He said, the problem is, the woman I'm with with is not my wife. So, and, uh, you know, uh, as we think about this story, and, uh, you know, as much as he wanted to, you know, uh, uh, show the right, I guess, conduct with this money, you know, in the background, he was a very, he was living a very, double life. And, uh, you know, as we think about uh, our lives as well, we could live a double life very easily. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we could hide some things with, uh, 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 with our spouse and we could house hide some things among our friends. And, and we got to have the right integrity because those secret things, those hidden things will come out one day. And uh, we need to make sure that we have the right accountability, and, and to our Savior Jesus Christ first, and, and also maybe people around us who are spiritual enough, and, and I hope you have a blameless testimony today, and I think about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, who shall also confirm you into the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, uh, you know, if you are thinking, you know, I cannot be blameless like Daniel. I cannot be blameless like other people around me. But Jesus said, I will confirm you. Okay? I will help you. I will guide you. And ladies and gentlemen, don't you want God's help in our testimony? I hope we all do because we need it. I need it. I make my mistakes and And uh, I make my uh, 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 inconsistency, and and I need God's faithfulness. And the Bible says that he will confirm, and who is faithful? God is faithful, We say We're not faithful, but God is. And we need to be accountable to him. Throughout his administration, Abraham Lincoln was a president under fire, especially during the scarring years of the Civil War. And though he knew that he could make errors of office, he resolved never to compromise integrity. So strong was his resolve, he once said this, these words, I desire so to conduct the affair of this administration, that if at the end, when I come to lay down the reign of power, I have lost every other friend on earth, I shall at least have one friend left, and that friend shall be down inside of me. Not sure if he was talking about himself or God. But in application to the story, we do have a friend deep down in our hearts, and his name is Jesus Christ. You know, people might forsake you because you are holding to your testimony. And they might, you know, call you to be like a square, and, and they might call you to be uh, 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 somewhat uh, odd in the society because you're trying to hold the right integrity in your life and be blameless. But there's one friend who's cheering you on, and he's deep down in your heart, Jesus Christ. See him, my friend. Don't, don't look at others. Don't hear others. Hear Jesus. Look to Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, that verse 25, thinking about the workplace. Sometimes the workplace could be very hard, couldn't it? It could be very hard to hold your testimony there. You don't want to be the oddball, and, and uh, you don't want to in any way to cause some friction or some conflicts. But the Bible says, as we think about maybe employer-employee situation, and the Bible says, Servants, obey in all things your hearts according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing who? Fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. You know, you do your work faithfully and diligently with the right integrity, like Daniel did, okay? They were spying out Daniel, and they are trying to, in every way, pull him down, but they couldn't. You do all that, and when you do that, do not not be distracted by other people's opinion, and do not be uh, distracted by other people's approval, and they might say, good job, but the greatest approval and the greatest, uh, I guess, uh, uh, acceptance is given by our Lord. You see, we need to serve the Lord in our workplace as well. You don't just go to the workplace, and that's your sacred place, and that's who I am, and and that this is who I am at church, and you don't have a double life, my friend. You are a Christian everywhere you go. You're not a Christian because you go to church. You're a Christian because Christ lives in your heart. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we are Christians at work as well, and, and we live for the Lord Jesus Christ in that same manner, and and uh, we uphold this testimony in the right integrity, and be blameless in all things. And, uh, and as Christians, I hope you're the best employee in your workplace. And uh, you ought to be. And, uh, and I think you ought to have that testimony. And, uh, you know, showing up to work on time, and and, uh, you know, uh, doing your work and, and uh, being accountable to your boss and all these things do count. And, and let us make sure we live a blameless life that way and having that integrity so that our testimony of our, the testimony of our Saviors will not be stained. And number three, let's move on. I'm finished. Integrity and faithfulness. Integrity and faithfulness. In verse 5, then said these men, we shall not find an occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And so finally they concluded that the only way to get Daniel is to go against his belief in his Jehovah God. So they convinced king of Persia in signing the decree that no other god should be worshipped except the king of Persia for 30 days. How convenient that is. Just for 30 days, king. And the king was somewhat proud of himself, and he said, okay, let's, let's do that. And, uh, and uh, he didn't recognize that Daniel would be in a conflict, and, and of course he felt sorry for Daniel later, and that and, uh, Daniel does go into the lion's den, but God protects him, and, and God holds the uh, mouth of the lion so that they will not eat him. And, and after all, Daniel becomes victorious in his testimony. But as we think about the story here, we see the faithfulness of Daniel before he goes into the lion's den. The Bible says when the decree was passed that no people in the kingdom of Persia uh, uh, can worship any other god except to the king, Daniel goes to his room and he looks at, towards Jerusalem east and he prays to the Jehovah god and he prays three times a day as he did, the Bible said, a fourth time. What does that mean? Meaning, as he did before. He had the testimony of faithfulness. And ladies and gentlemen, faithfulness is time. Would you say that with me? Faithfulness is time. I'm sure you'll agree. If someone's faithful, that person has been faithful during a long period of time or has been proven with time. And what we do with our time leads us to a destiny and also an identity. How are we controlling our time? And Because how we control our time will lead us to be faithful in something. Did you know that you could be faithful in sin? You could bend your time towards sin and you could be faithful in sin. You're faithful in something, my friend. And uh, Ralph Turnbull once said, in a holy life, there must be control of time. We must discipline the hours and bend them to God's purpose. You know, Daniel's discipline, the hours that he had, he bent into God's purpose every day. So when the testing came, it was a no-brainer. He said, I'm doing the same thing I did before. I'm praying to God three times a day. He upheld his test integrity. Hugh Latimer in latter years could not change who he was in Christ. And you might be thinking, you know, uh, this old... Uh, Uh, I guess, uh, a picture uh, uh, of this man and why is this so significant? Well, this man was a martyr, and he died for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hugh Latimer in his latter day could not change who he was and what he believed. His integrity was solid and firm. He argued that the doctrine of real presence of Christ in the mass and transubstantiation. And the propitiatory merits of the Mass were unbiblical, and that is true. When you take of the bread, when you take of the juice, when you take it, it doesn't become Jesus in your body. Okay. That's what he fought against. This is wrong. This is not biblical. And he was tried with his colleague and friend, Nicholas Ridley. And uh, and as we think about the next picture, if you go there, and uh, it's amazing. In those times, there were religious leaders who could put, who could put people to death. Can you imagine? You know, Bible Baptist Church putting someone to death. <laughs> now we don't want to do that, Amen. All right, but man, they had a council that could pe- that could put people to death. And uh, and 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 Hugh Latimer stood up, and he says, "I can no longer I can no longer agree with you in this doctrine." This is not the right doctrine we need to believe in. But he was not convincing enough for the council. But he was also named as a heretic. And he was burned at the stake. Hugh Latimer, said to Nicholas Ridley, before he were burned, I quote, be of, good, be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England, as I trust shall never be put out. Be a comfort, Master really. Play the man. Be the man that God has called you to be. Don't back out now. Be faithful. Let's go to the stake together. We cannot deny ourselves. We cannot deny our God. Let's play the man. Let's be the man of God that God has called us. Ladies and gentlemen, be the Christian that God has called you to be. Be faithful. And ladies and we only have just a short time here. Be faithful to our Savior. Be faithful to our Savior.